The Greenwood and Mulliner Show is sponsored by OneFootball. OneFootball is the app you all need to get the latest info on Newcastle United and the Premier League. Make sure you go and download OneFootball today. Newcastle Fans TV. Hello and welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Me and Sam Mulliner have just had just under an hour in the company of a man who has got Guinness World Records, Samuel, but a man, I would say a man of the people, really. Yeah. Getting when you get to know him a little bit, like we have like, for that hour or so. Yeah, Robson Green, what a man, done it all, been there, seen it, done it all. Actor, presenter, singer, fisherman, extreme fisherman, world record holder, the whole lot, and a Newcastle fan, which is all he wanted to talk about, which, um, yeah, suits us all down to the ground, really, doesn't it? Huge Newcastle fan, season ticket holder, home and away, he's, he's, he's there supporting the team and has been for for decades. So, yeah, great to get him on, great to talk to him. This is a really good episode, I think. Yeah, really, really good episodes. A man who, as Sam's rightly mentioned, is just a name so well-renowned, not just in the northeast but all over the world, really, with, with so many different... Well, I was going to say so many different films, but you've got films, you've got TV shows, countless TV shows. You've got the fishing programmes, which I was telling a couple of my friends that I had Robson, well, I had Robson Green on the, the channel, and they were saying, oh, I'm trying to get to talk about his fishing, loves his fishing. And it, it's, it's brilliant. Like, but but one, of the, one of the things which I mentioned, which he didn't go into too much detail on, was when he did his coast-to-coast walk, and he bumped into a gentleman called Ray, and when he was in Corbridge and he kind of got a little bit emotional when I watched it um, because he worked with Ray for three or four years before he made it big and he was talking to Ray and it's all like this, it was quite about maybe about 10 or 15 years old than, than Robson and said, just go for it, son, go for your acting, go for whatever you want to do in life because if you work hard, you might only get one chance and if you make the most of it, who knows? And that's certainly what happened to Robson. He took that chance, he worked hard and look where he is now, Sam. Yeah. Uh, encapsulates everything that's that's great and good about the northeast, doesn't it? Um, proper grafters, and it's always nice when you can see the 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 fruit of your labours and uh, your successes, um, of which he has had many, 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 many. Um, proper northeast legend, to be fair, but again, he's just two army mad. <laughs> it, it, it was really great to hear actually the passion the knowledge um of both current and historical newcastle sides it was just it just goes to show that um it's why we why we do it it's, it's everything isn't it that them 90 minutes on a saturday it is it, it's funny because you mentioned I, I don't want it to uh he doesn't want the game to end but i always do newcastle winning so say by the odd goal i remember when we played aston villa <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking seven minutes of injury time, all this, that, and the other. I'm thinking, I can't be, I can't be doing it. Like, no. It's the one. I think it's the one game, Sam. Tell me if I'm wrong, or it's the one event that you wait so long for, and you want it to end so quickly. I can't think of anything else. Pretty much, no. I think you've hit, you've hit the uh, nail on the head there, uh, especially how it is at, at the moment where every point. You've got to scratch and claw and and work your absolute knackers off for um, every everything's just so crucial at the moment. Um, so yeah, I, I was the same, and it was it was the same for the Everton game before Trippier put it beyond doubt with that fantastic free kick. Um, it, it was the same for the Leeds game, the, the Burnley game. It was just every point is so crucial to to stay up, and then. It might not be like that from now on. Then it might be a joy to go and, and, and watch. And you won't want the game to end because we're playing such good football and we're not loitering around the bottom of the league. Yeah, it, it, it really does put into perspective what people have had to see beforehand and now what they're looking to forward, looking forward to hopefully from next season onwards. Or even what we're seeing now, Sam, in terms of Newcastle's current form. Obviously, we're recording this before we played Brighton. That tells you how far we're ahead for a change, but it's all going swimmingly. So, you know, we have got a couple of games before the next podcast comes out, but 
on the on the whole Newcastle are doing well and that helps the region as Robson said it helps the community it helps the northeast in general you know it's not the most affluent of areas and we need to make sure hopefully if everything goes right it can be become a little bit better because it's the hope it is the hope of the city I think it's more affluent than you give yourself credit for um yeah I really do I really do um I mean, the tone may have shifted. We might have got this tone completely wrong if you're listening to this after back-to-back defeats from Brighton and Chelsea. But uh, <laughs> could happen. <laughs> very easily, very easily. But um, look, as we sit here, things are looking up and the league table is looking a bit healthier. So it's just all about getting this season out of the way, isn't it? And, and with survival intact and then with everything, it's just kicking on to bigger and better things, hopefully. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, fascinating to see what happens. And Robson isn't extremely busy. He's recording uh, Grantchester. That's what he's recording at the moment. He's doing more of that, and he's got some more fishing programs as well for people that are interested. Yeah, uh, when when we when we booked this, um, I got the sense that he only did it because it was talking about Newcastle because he's got so much on at the minute he, he wanted to make time for, for us which is brilliant and uh, j- again it just goes to show just how much that team, this area means to to, to it all so yeah it, it was great to get him on, we really do appreciate his time We do and I hope you all enjoy this episode because it's, I feel it's one of, it's one of my favourite ones, it's certainly up there for me so That'll be something that we'll talk about on a Green and Moment show special. We talk about uh, particular guests. I'm sure Robson Green's name will be mentioned. But I think it's about time we get this show up and running. It is the Greenwood and Mulliner show, and it is with Robson Green. The Greenwood and Mulliner show on Newcastle Fans TV. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Today, we are joined by a man who has had a very successful career as an actor, presenter, and a singer, of course, and... He is a massive Newcastle United fan. It is, of course, Robson Green. Robson, welcome to the show. Uh, welcome. Thank you for the build-up, Johnny. Um, I apologise now for the anticlimax. No, no, <laughs> it, no, it no. Be. It won't be. No, no, no. I'm going to big you up even more. Acting legend. Number one chart-topping artist. I know. You know Who can st- say that? I mean, how many exactly. people can say that? Exactly. Soldier, soldier, an absolute staple in my household <laughs> when I was uh, just a wee nipper, thanks to my mother. Bless her. Yeah. And, well, I, and... I, admire, I admire your mother's taste in drama. Exactly. <laughs> but would you swap all of this success to see Newcastle lift a trophy? Mate, I'm nearly 60 years old. And I know you think I don't look a day over 35. I may be one. <laughs> but um, I... I... To me, the last time Newcastle United won anything of any merit, King Harold still had two eyes. Um, and I was, when I was a kid, and uh, my first experience of Newcastle United was uh, 1971 uh, against Liverpool. I saw Malcolm McDonald's debut, seven years old, and they say, give me the boy, you're seven, and I, I give you the man. And hook, line, and sinker at the age of seven. And football to me is still especially at St. James's Park, is still as precious, still as joyous, still as wondrous, still that beautiful piece of theatre today uh, as it was back then. But I do hanker, like I'm sure you guys hanker, for, for something of merit, for, for a reward, for all our investment, for all the ups and downs, for all the heartache, for all this drama that's played out in my lifetime and I'm sure in yours. We just want some kind of payback, some kind of reward, just a little trophy or something, just to, just something we can talk about and remember and pass on to another generation. To be honest, I think we'll talk about maybe current day Newcastle in terms of the takeover and how that could happen, but I'm sure a lot of fans would agree with you, Robson. But can you just tell us about that? Game that you, the first game you went to in 1971, and talk about well, the day where Malcolm McDonald made you fall in love with Newcastle. Really, well, it, it, it was not. It, it wasn't only uh, Malcolm McDonald that made me fall in love with Newcastle. It was the experience that made me fall in love with Newcastle. And I don't know what was the actual defining moment for you that that's kept you supporting this club. But it was this extraordinary piece of theatre that unfolded in front of me. I mean, 
I digress, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a passionate angler. And that first day I caught my, my, my first fish on my first day was an extraordinary experience. And it was a day I never wanted to end. And uh, that's why I'm hooked on fishing and why I'm hooked on, on football. It was that experience, that extraordinary drama that unfolded on the 21st of August in 1971 when we took on Liverpool and Malcolm MacDonald made his debut. And he, great picture. And there's Terry Hibbert holding him. Look at that. Yeah. Terry Hibbert. We had a great team then, didn't we? And um, I remember it was such a thrilling game. It was such a spectacle. There was so much excitement and it was, it was just, on, you know, unfolding in front of you. And I remember, I think it was, it was 45,000, 50,000 then all standing together. This kind of sense of belonging and this sense of something that felt, I don't know about you, but there's something, something utterly normal about watching football. It's like by design, we're meant to be doing this. And like that experience I had when I caught my first pitch, watching Newcastle, I didn't want that 90 minutes to end. I never wanted that feeling to go away. And when we do do well today, I still have that feeling. So that, that that's never gone away. But the two days after that match in 1971, Malcolm MacDonald visited our primary school. He was opening a laundrette across the road and he came into Dudley Primary School. He was opening Dudley Laundrette as footballers did in those days. Oh, like, what's on the agenda today, Malcolm? Superstar, you're opening a, a washing shop. And, and he came into the school and he sat on our table. I was... Um, yeah, as, as a family, we struggled financially, so I was getting free dinners at the time. And he came and sat with us on the free dinners table. And uh, as I was eating my meal, he, there was a lot of peas on the plate, which I didn't like. And he went, eat your peas. They're very good for you. So since that day, peas, it's a daily kind of staple here as well. So it was that. It was, it was the whole experience. It was the whole occasion. It was the, the theatre of it all that, that's kept me going every Saturday and midweek to, to my age now. I would love nothing more to see Alan St. Maxman open a laundrette. Cutting the ribbon nowadays. Imagine. <laughs> Gucci <Imagine>. headband. <coughs> Chucking it in the washing machine. There you go. <laughs> I'd love it. I'd love it. But, there you go. Uh, but <laughs> like, like you, Rob, so, I mean, well, not like you. I'm not from Newcastle, but I was similarly inspired, but it was the the Kevin Keegan side, the entertainers that inspired me because none of my family were into football. So I kind of found it organically. It was that sense of theatre and, and the characters involved, whether that be Sir John Hall or Kevin Keegan or just the way the team played in that time. Although we had nothing to show for it in terms of silverware, like we were saying earlier, it, it's about much more than that because it is, like you say, it's about the experience. And if nothing else, it's not dull, is it? Well, you're talking about the 95-96 season when we bought the likes of, I think Espria came then, wasn't mm. it? We had Les Ferdinand, we had David Batty in there, and that was uh, an amazing season. And there was this thing that, sadly, sometimes you see when you're watching Newcastle, there has been seasons and games where we look like 11 delinquents kicking about a pig's bladder. But back then... Like the great teams of today, be it Barcelona or Man United at their best or Liverpool when they're playing their best or indeed Tottenham. When you see Kane pass the ball to Song, there is an unspoken shorthand there. And when um, Beckham or, or whoever, if it would have been Neville, you know, passing the ball to Beckham, he just knew where Beckham would be. During that season of 95-96, Janola, Batty, Ferdinand, the whole team had an unspoken understanding. They weren't getting the ball. It wasn't a hot potato. They got the ball and they had, before they got the ball, an idea of where that ball was going to go. And so watching that beautiful game in that season, especially in 95, 96 season, um, play out in front of you was an absolute joy to behold. And sometimes the likes of which I've never seen again. Until recently, that kind of shorthand, that kind of understanding, I think what I'm trying to articulate here, that kind of team, kind of cohesion. Yeah. And uh, that was, uh, it was brilliant. But also if the team are doing well, the town is doing well, 
because you know Newcastle United I'm sure you agree goes somewhere into defining who we are as a people and a culture and a sense of origin and what it actually means to a town and and further afield and a culture and people from all walks of life football is much bigger than that football can solve things now and 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 right wrongs which it's done of late um but i just that that was a a team that had real cohesion had real passion and gave all the fans a sense of hope not just about the team but themselves do you know what I mean by that? You just you went out and just went, God, do you know what? I just I just have this overwhelming sense of well-being and football's given me that. Do you know what I mean? Was was Kevin your favourite Newcastle manager up to now? Or is it Saboy Robson or you know yeah. almost a combination of the pair almost? I don't know. I mean, um I mean I remember seeing Gordon Lee's black and white army, you know, in <laughs> the League Cup. When they're doing well, I mean I felt so sorry for Steve Bruce. Because, you know, when we're not doing well, who do we turn to and who do we attack is, is the manager. But I like the bravado of Keegan, you know, attack, attack, attack. I remember that anthem, you know, and he, he gave the fans what they want, wanted. I said right at the start, it's, it's, it's theatre, it's drama. And irrespective if we win that silver, the passion and the commitment and the dedication, like the Shearers and the gas coins that I've been privileged enough to see at St. James's Park uh, gives you that sense of, of not only entertainment, but that sense of, you know, I got value for money. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think as well, like even when times are hard, of which there have been a lot, particularly of late, there's, there's still the moment of, oh, did you see such and such plays? You see such and such, like, like recently, like, the season we got relegated, Wijnaldum is still so fondly remembered because he was bloody great. Yeah. Of, of what was a horrendous season. Did you ever kind of have moments, particularly under the Mike Ashley era, where you kind of maybe had to stop going because you'd fell a bit out of love with 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 going? Or did, did, did players like that kind of keep you enticed? There, during the, the, the dark days, yeah. Uh, <laughs> me and my father, I used to go with my dad, so I had four seats in the exhibition stand. I still have them today, and it's got R Green written on the seats. And my father no. was called Robson Green. And um, one of the reasons why I went to the game was to sit with my father uh, and have a common ground with him. My father worked in an industry that I particularly think wasn't designed for human beings. My father was a miner for 42 years of his life, worked underground in horrendous conditions so the shackles were off so whatever he wanted to vent he vented on a saturday along with his ilk in in the crowd but um there was one game i think it was man city forgive me i can't remember the season but it was we weren't doing well and i think it was the season we're about to be relegated we did something we'd never done before and i've never done since we left before the final whistle We'd never done that, ever, me and my dad. And with the lovely writer Tom Hadaway and the great theatre and, and TV director Max Roberts, we all sat four of us. We all just left. We'd had enough. And I think that kind of signaled something. I think there was a kind of a, a, a sea change there where, you know, if, if, if the fans are despondent and the, fa the fans will let those in authority and then those who control the club think differently a way forward with the club but yeah that, that was that was a difficult time because you the, the pre-match preamble which is great as a as a young person and going to the match and then the 90 minutes of drama and then afterwards but what was just put in front of you just wasn't uh palatable really and uh why, why watch something when they're not committed why watch something when they're not playing for the club where they're just playing for the individual. I like watching them when, when, when we're a great team, irrespective if we lose or win. It was a great team. Or we, we came out, God, we were so unlucky then. You know? it, it's almost, uh, you're comparing almost to like the Northeast people, the Northumberland people, if you like, where, where you're from, uh, Robson. Uh, I like actually when doing a little bit more research, just making sure I hadn't missed anything out. I watched a little bit of your coast to coast walk and when you go to Corbridge and you meet a gentleman called Ray, who you yeah. used to work with, 
And just even talking to him about how tough it was in those days, I think if, if, if Newcastle fans, like you say, see people working hard, even just working hard, just like even they haven't got the talent, but show how much they can give on that 90 minutes, I think just shows that they can be heroes at Newcastle. They can be worshipped because it, that means so much more than anything else. But that particular uh, conversation between yourself and Ray, you can almost tell straight away when you talk to him, well, we, he worked hard, I worked hard. And even he made sure that I made sure I had to work hard as an actor, as a singer, as a, a very, very good angler as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's all about, hard work and commitment i mean i'm i'm involved in probably like yourselves this industry we're involved in call it entertainment or the tv industry <laughs> or communication industry whatever you want to call it it ain't easy to get a gig and for me certainly for me it's, it's sometimes it's about survival um and i've survived many ups and downs in my career but i've always being ready for that opportunity and whatever job i do it is my hamlet it, it, it is my piece of shakespeare and i will give it 110 percent uh as i would any other small piece of theater any tv or film because i just realize the privileged position i'm in and what a joy and honor it is to be involved in this industry and sometimes i i I'm, I, I'm sure Eddie Howe and I'm sure the great managers we've had when Newcastle's done well, and especially Keegan, would remind the players not only the shirt they're playing for, but the culture that they're representing and reflecting and the hard work and the passion and the commitment that goes into those jobs. My father was a miner, goodness sake. He worked on, on his bended knee for most of his life. My father walked with a stoop just so we could fire industry, you know, and fuel it. And for that one day in that week where my dad had freedom, he would go and watch his beloved Newcastle United. I mean, it was his world. And what he didn't know about Newcastle United and the players in the history wasn't worth knowing about. When he spoke, spoke about Jackie Milburn or Huey Gallagher or the Robledo brothers. My dad saw those. He saw them play in the FA Cup in the 50s. And there was something he said then that I think needs to be instilled in the team now about what it means to play for this club, the history and the richness that is there. And if you play well for them, irrespective if you lose, if you put your heart and soul into this team, that will bleed into this city and further afield and into the people of the city. So, um, and I get a sense today, I don't know if you're feeling it, something is changing. Something that the horizon is starting to look optimistic. There's a sense of hope. There's a sense of maybe it's in 10 years, we'll be playing Real Madrid. Maybe it's in 10 years, we'll be playing Barcelona. <laughs> Sadly, we'll not be watching Messi and Ronaldo, but maybe we will, you know? Oh, I think you're absolutely spot on. There is, there is definitely something different about playing for Newcastle United than there is for other other clubs. And you can see from like, like myself, not from the area, and, and and like the players that we've had, like I'm talking, your Rob Lee's, your Warren Barton's, they don't have to come from Newcastle, but they get it. And yeah. it, it it can be the making of some people, but if you don't get it and embrace the atmosphere, it, on the flip side. It, it can also ruin you as well, can't it? Well, I'm, I'm sure it is. And I am guilty as charged at just getting, talking to my dad many years ago about certain players going, oh, my dad would always go, couldn't kick my backside in. <laughs> oh, my dad, my dad would always say about certain players, look at him, wheels still turning, but the hamster's dead. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, like you I'm sure there's been players who go completely out of position completely out of their depth they don't belong to the premiership and guilty as charged Joe Linton I mean gosh what a revelation in midfield what wow. a revelation I was going what are we doing with this guy why have we spent this amount of money but what like many fickle fans, I didn't see, I didn't open up Joe Linton's chest and I didn't see his heart. 
and I didn't see his dedication. I didn't see his passion. I just saw him at a position and just tells you what I know about football, which is absolutely nothing. He's, he's wonderful. And I've, I've done that with many players. I remember Barton. <laughs> and, and, you know, forgive me, there was, there was times when the referee would book Barton, show me a yellow card, and we go, oh, show him a red one. And then he plays a, a, a wonderful game. And I think it's, I think it's to do with that cohesion. I think it's to do with that team ethic and that shorthand that's just missing when they're not playing the fastball or holding on to it and going, right, what am I going to do with this? Where, who am I going to kick it to? When actually all that, that um, pre-planning should be there in, within the, the, the makeup and the, the ball should go straight away. So it's not totally his fault. And, and you know, I'm like you guys and, and, and thousands of other Newcastle fans at times delusional, fickle, distraught and I take that stress out on players when, when I shouldn't but yeah I mean there have been times when I go there's just no hope we're going to get relegated what are we going to do it's the same old story but being alongside my dad and 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 others of his ilk he's seen he saw Newcastle lift three FA Cups in the 50s wow what that must have felt like so you know it, I'd take they, one before I die I'd take one <laughs> I know, so hopefully the time will come. You say hopefully the time will come, Robson. This takeover has, of course, been a revelation. It's been incredible in terms of being in the area and what it could potentially do to the city, as you mentioned, in terms of you know helping the city create jobs, etc. But do you think that Amanda Staley, Mio Dagadusi, the Ruben Brothers, PIF, do you think them coming in will really transform Newcastle United. Do you think that they can be a team that competes at the top of the league, can attract the best players, can you know, give us something incredible to watch in the coming years? Do you know, my dad was a man of many wise words. One of the things he, my dad always said, and it's why I run a production company and I love giving people jobs, is in giving them hope and giving them employment because it's everything. If you give people people a direction and they have ambitions and you can invest in that ambition it's a great thing and then they take that opportunity and use it I think if you invest in people the rewards will come back and if you invest in the culture the rewards will come back and Amanda Savey and her team if you invest heavily in Newcastle I guarantee we will go along with that investment so only good can come of it and you know immediately we've seen the impact of that investment with the various signings, uh, Dan Byrne. I mean, Dan Byrne, what, what a beast. Wow, what a colossus. But do you know, we, we've now got that feeling when a player has the ball, we go, great, he's got the ball. I'm glad he's got the ball and not that other player. And now there are other players who've got the ball and we're going, oh, we feel safe. We feel safe. We've got this net underneath us. So, yeah, I think the investment is a huge thing because what that investment does, it now aligns that club with quality. It now aligns that club with an ilk of players, world-class players, world-class managers, um, who now are looking at Newcastle in a serious light. I've met lots of players over the years. I used to train at David Lloyd's down in Newcastle and a lot of the Newcastle team... <laughs> used to come in um, I'll tell you a story about that. And uh, it was just, they'd say there was a Liverpool were playing us and a couple of the Liverpool players were training in the gym and they came over and we had a chat. And he goes, your club's a joke, isn't it? It's not a big club. I was, I was going, well, well it is. He said, I was, I said, the stadium's big. We're not thinking big. And they were kind of right. We, we, we had this big club. We had this big philosophy. But we needed the big investment and it needed to be a long-term one. And now we have that. And now we have that. When I was training at David Lloyd's, Newcastle had played that day and um, Michael Owen was playing for us. And it was a dreadful game. We got slaughtered. And I think it was by Liverpool. I think it was 4-0. Anyway, Newcastle team came in and I was with my mate. It was personal trainer. And I was look, talking to him and I went, look at that lot in there. Michael Owen, like my dad. Couldn't kick my ass. I was like that. Michael Owen, <laughs> useless. Absolutely useless. 
At which point Michael Owen came out and he went, hey, hello, Robson, how are you doing? Good to meet you. I really like the programmes. And I went, hi, Michael, fantastic game. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Very unlike. Very, just, just flipped. Just flipped like that. Favourite player, big fan. Nice to see you, Michael. Yeah, see you next week. Yeah, great. But no, uh, I think the investment has taken away that, that, that label of... Um, the joke we're now serious club with big ambitions and we now have the finance to realize those ambitions i think it it, it is about ambition and i don't know if you were at the the tottenham game which was obviously the first game post takeover that atmosphere and obviously the scenes on the evening when the takeover was announced it just goes to show we don't actually expect a lot we just want it kind of <laughs> done our way we want just something to latch on to and then we'll be happy and drink outside the stadium under the Sir Bobby Robson statue till 4am. It's all, it's, it's fine. And again, before the Tottenham game, it was just an absolute carnival outside. So it, are you saying Newcastle fans are easily pleased? I think, uh, yes, in a way, but it, it just has to be our way, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it, it, there's yeah. that uniqueness to it that we don't expect the world. We just want to see that hard work and determination. And isn't it interesting that the likes of yourself is not from Newcastle, and uh, but has been drawn in like the Godfather, just when yeah. you pulled me back into the club. Um, isn't it interesting that I think people outside of the club, far afield, want the club to do well, also, and I don't know. Over the years, it's as though the fans deserve it. The, the, the heartache we've gone through for decades, and that time we went so close in 95, 96, anyone outside of Man U wanted Newcastle to do well. When Collymore scored that winner in the 4-3, oh, when he scored that winner, I hope there was a side of Collymore just realised how many hearts he'd shattered. Yeah. When the yeah. strings were just snapped over Keegan and he just flopped. Um, it's just that time we feel as though it's gonna it's gonna come good. The investment's gonna come good. This is our time, and I think in the next four, five, six years, something good's gonna happen. And you and I will still be alive. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyhow, of course, taking over from Steve Bruce. How impressed have you been, Robson, with Eddie Howe? And do you, can you see his style of football evolving at St. James's Park? I mean, I wish I could see one of those, uh, the documentaries they show on uh, Amazon Prime when you watch Guardiola talk to the team Man City. I'd love to see what Eddie instills in his players at half-time and in training. I, I, I haven't got access to that. I don't know if you guys have. But what from what I've heard, he's starting to instill that shorthand that the team want. He's encouraging players. I saw him when Joe Linton was doing well in midfield. Joe, Joe Linton went in for a tackle and I just saw the passion and how proud and how joyous Eddie Howe was of the commitment Joe Linton was giving and the rest of the team. We seem to have an extra yard of pace. Isn't it mm. extraordinary? We seem to have an extra yard of pace. We're getting quicker to the ball where we'd be standing off players. And we've now got defenders who have pace and who can get back and who can get forward as well giving us that excitement, giving the fans the hope, giving us that realisation that maybe something good is around the corner. And I think that Eddie Howe's brought that. However, if Eddie Howe didn't have the investment, I think he'd be in the same boat as Steve Bruce. I really do. And I, I, I do feel sorry for Steve Bruce because he has got a footballing brain. He has. He just didn't have the investment. He didn't have the backing. And sadly, he didn't have the backing of the fans. And uh, we were all surprised when he got... The, the position uh like many other managers we've had <laughs> what? oh no i must be no this is a dream because they, 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 they couldn't have appointed him no 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 oh they have uh but no i think he's he's a great choice it's going to be interesting if as a club as we move forward with this inertia and and, and hopefully good things around the corner uh, as a club as a culture and, and and as an entity and a brand that we, I wonder if we keep Eddie Howe. And well, of course, I think we should, but they're not my decisions to make. 
It's nice now that the team has that identity. And um, you say we look like we've gained extra pace. I think we look a hell of a lot fitter than we did at the start of the season. Um, I know what you mean by Steve Bruce, but I kind of think he should have left at the end of that season because I thought if if he'd have left at the end of last season, he could have gone with his head held high. And, and, and I know he was thinking about leaving. Yeah. And I don't well, know whether... Whether subliminally or not, maybe he just left us a bit undercooked in pre-season, hence the poor start, because it was it was chalk and cheese. But like you say, under every manager, under the Mike Ashley tenure, there was just lack of investment and you could see the club kind of crumbling and them tacky signs around the stadium, which, oh, it's just great that it's it, they've gone now. But yeah, just when yeah, there was a time when you just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it did. But just on a purely business level, I think Steve Bruce didn't leave contractually. He had to be fired. Therefore, he'd get yeah. his money. That's yeah. the deal. And that's business. And that's lots and lots of money he would be uh, waving goodbye to if he left the club. So uh, I, I'm not 100% sure about contract law within the football game, but I'm sure there was a clause that if he was sacked, he'd get a big payday. So uh, is what happened. So I think that's why he didn't leave, which, um, you know, do do the honourable thing, Steve, fall on your sword, but sometimes money corrupts the mind. What do I know? But um, yeah, he should have left a lot earlier. There was that, there was a couple of games where um, I just thought, I've had enough. I'm not, honestly, uh, last Last season, t- season before, me and my partner, Zoila, uh, we just went, I'm not, I'm not renewing the season ticket. I'm not doing the three. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this team. I'm done with this team. Uh, but, uh, you know, secretly I wasn't. Of course I'm going to come back. Cause... Well, no, but a lot of people <laughs> were like that throughout the, yeah. the Ashley era. A lot, of, a lot of fans were questioning because of just the way they was going and it was just like an ever, ever decrease in circles of just monotony and it, it, a lot of people were, were thinking that and it, but I don't know about of... you I mean I don't know about you in your, your first football game when you were young whatever first football game you went to there was something incredibly precious about it there was something incredibly exciting about it whether you want to lose you came away with a sen- that sense of we'll do better next time or I hope we do as well uh, next time and the horizons always looked healthy, but there was that that sense of occasion. And when that started to be eroded under the Ashley years, and certainly when Steve Bruce was there, that sense of why am I going here? What is the point? I'm just becoming deluded with this uh, work ethic, with this investment ethic. We're never going to go anywhere. So why not? Why not support Sunderland or go and watch Barcelona play? <laughs> you should see a better quality. Uh, but again, it's, it's down to what you guys were talking about earlier. It's, it's to talk about a team and a group of people who look at this commodity, who look at the brand, who look at the fans, look at the history of this club and go, it's a no-brainer. If I invest in this club, the fans will go along with that investment. It's a no-brainer. It's a false economy not to invest in Newcastle United. It's an absolute false economy. It's, it's a no-brainer for any investor. We will now become a world-class brand. Just, just because of our history, just because, because of the strip, because of those united colours, the black and white, it means so much more than football, as you said right at the start. One thing that um, The Athletic did an article with me, Dad and Amanda Stavely uh, last week, and they talked about St James's Park, Robson, and they because there there's been a lot of rumours on Twitter. I know Twitter's not the best place to spread, like, to have rumours, but it did, there was rumours that, oh, should we leave St. James's Park to make this brand new stadium, 80,000, 85,000, get all the Newcastle fans and make it the state-of-the-art training ground? I've been totally against it. That is my personal view. They did say last week that it's not in their plans at all to leave St. James's Park. It'd be like ripping the soul out of the city. Do you echo their sentiments and do you agree that Newcastle have to stay at St. James's Park? And if they can increase the capacity in, in a few years down the line, they should do that. Firstly, I don't do lots of social media. Getting onto this link took a long time, lads. <laughs> Twitter for me is for people who can't shut up even when they're on their own. 
That's what Twitter is. <laughs> yeah. uh, when, it, when it comes to St. James's Park, you saw the reaction when they attempted to change its name. Um, that is the heart of our culture. It's the heart of the, the community. It's the heart of Northeastern football. Were that to go, you'd rip the heart out of everything that is good and precious and beautiful about the game. Um, excuse my ignorance, but isn't the design of the stadium such that we can build on it? Or there's no more additions can be made to that stadium? There's been a few things, hasn't there? Because the land behind, is it the East Stand, Johnny, is uh, protected. Yeah, there's and listed buildings behind it. Is, yeah, there's listed buildings behind it. And the land behind the Gallagate, and uh, Mike Ashley sold to his son-in-law for very, very oh, cheap. Right. Which why? is why it's now being built on. Um, uh, but I think there was some kind of backup plan. They were able to turn the pitch ninety degrees or something to be able to build one of the stands up again. Johnny, I, I, have you heard this, or am I just um, pulling I, out I, my back? I think, I, again, I think it's just all speculation. But there is rumours, or there is I say rumours. I think it comes down to the finance and down to the money. And if, if Newcastle yeah. can do oh, well, it, they had the, the money council, to do it. Yeah, plenty of that. Yeah, they had the money <laughs> to do it. I would be, I would be distraught. I, I, I like, I think ninety nine point nine of the fans would be distraught if that, if that iconic symbol of hope that represents everything that is good about Newcastle and and so much more disappeared. I, I would, uh, it would be shame. It would be such a shame. And I, I think they would be. I think they're wise enough not to do that, surely. Yeah, I agree. I think they, yeah. I think, I think they get it. I think they get it. Uh, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. Amanda and uh, Mirdad, they, they, they get it, which is such a refreshing change because I think now it's only just starting to maybe not not normalise us being linked to these world class players, but particularly at the start when the takeover happened, like. We'd get asked, so who do you want to sign? Like Mbappe, Messi, and you're like, well, I don't know. Max Aaron's at Norwich. I think one of our lads <laughs> said on five, on five live. We want the Norwich right back, and it's it's only like now that you kind of can dream and think, oh, I bloody love Son Young Min at, at Newcastle, and it's still unrealistic, but it it feels more normal to say that now, whereas before it almost yeah. seemed dirty, didn't it? Yeah, my my I was my my dad. My dad would always say. Uh, go away was alive. He said, I've heard I've heard from a good source from the club that they saw Messi in Jesmond. They saw Messi in Jesmond. <laughs> <laughs> my dad always had a good source from the club. Uh, but yeah, it, it, who would have thought this time last year we would be having this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. This conversation that has an undercurrent of ambition that can be that can be supported financially. We have the ambition and we have we now have the investment for that ambition. Imagine us having the conversations about new signings. I mean, to dish out with, with all the new signings we've got and the ambition we've got. Imagine us talking about this this time last year. It would be nonsense. I would have thought you'd been taking something illegal. Do you know what I mean? It was just, <laughs> it was just what is going on? Big mate of mine, Sam Fender, great rock star, the Bruce Springsteen of the Northeast. He was there when, when the announcement was made. And I don't know if you know, and I don't know this, if this is apocryphal, but I heard the local Tesco where I live, I mean, you know, all comedy comes out of a surreal situation and an absurd situation. <laughs> Tesco ran out of checkered tea towels because Geordie fans wanted to look like an Arab. <laughs> which is, <laughs> Which I, 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 I did. Check tea towels were very much sought after. And I'm glad that nonsense has stopped. But yeah, there was this extraordinary, surreal reaction to what was going on. And we didn't really, I don't think we, we thought it was all real until money was being paid out for these new signings. And also the investment that they're talking about in the, the summer buys as well. So yeah, um, like you, I, I'm, I'm thinking of, of great players at home and abroad that we can now look at. And they will look at this club and the way we're looking at the club as uh, a, a team to not only play with, but be proud to be alongside. 
that, that you, you share the ambition on the pitch and that will be that extra player for you. You know the fans will do. If you, if you invest in that club, the fans will love you, man. They will love you. You talk about those players home and abroad who would love to come to Newcastle. I think they'd like to come to Newcastle for a Premier League club. How confident are you that Newcastle can stay up this season under Eddie Howe and potentially yeah, it's, have it's all strange. these riches? It's a great question. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're secret, secretly harbouring that that worry. When you look at the bottom three, I think, is it is it uh, Watford? They're only four points behind Newcastle. And, you know, if they have a run like Newcastle's had, it could all flip. Um, I think the momentum is there. Uh, you, you got the Brighton game tomorrow? I am, yes. Yeah. yeah you no, some of us have to work. Thank you. Yeah. No, I'm not. Zola and I are going to be there. And do you know what we started doing as well? We started going a lot earlier. Yeah. Yeah. When, when, when we weren't doing so well, you just turn up, watch this thing unfold for 90 minutes and leave sometime before the final whistle, which I'm not doing anymore. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go there early tomorrow. I think it's a massive, massive three points for us. We get that. Excuse my ignorance. What's the what's the, the um, magic number you need not to get relegated in terms of points? Is it is it 40? A yeah, lot of people say that, isn't it, Sam? Where you go, if you've got forty points, you shouldn't get relegated. I think it seems be to be getting lower, lower though, doesn't it? Yeah, I uh, think yeah. Maybe 35, 36 might be the magic number this season. But you're right, forty is pretty much the number that you always look at at the start of the season. Well, normally, if you're Newcastle United, anyway. I mean, the Everton game was huge. The Villa game was was massive. The massive, and some of those tackles that were going in, Shelby just going in and sometimes not only do you need that extra bit of passion you just need that extra bit of passion yeah. we all know as fans you know i love a good tackle save you know save yeah. but a good hard tackle pouring with rain you know pouring rain whoosh oh, damn burns good for them yeah. i love shelby i think he's great yeah I think a big part of that as well, especially the, the two games you mentioned there, Robson, Kieran Trippier. I know he's injured at the moment, but my God, what a player. And I think that went a long way to to kind of turn people's heads and go, wow, as a first sign in that some statement, England international. Atletico Madrid didn't want him to leave, but he's come to Newcastle, who at the time were 19th in the Premier League. Yeah, it's interesting. In my career, a lot of it involved in in theatre and television and I've been privileged enough to work with A-listers, Hollywood stars and there is something about a certain type of actor that walks onto that set and just instills calm and gravitas and understanding and that puts you at ease as well. That never intimidates me at all. Always puts me at ease when someone who is so experienced has done it seen it got the t-shirt but instills an, an amazing um team ethic on the pitch that instills an amazing um uh, an amount of confidence in the team so on a set everything's great in front of the lens it's not going to be a problem because we've got this great actor or actress with us it's the same with trippio when he's coming on have you noticed when there is a certain sequence of play, he keeps going to the back line, he's, he's doing this. So it's just, 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 we're all good. We're all good. And he's always looking at the line, keep the line. And he's always perfect captain for Newcastle, just viewing how the team's doing. And if, if somebody's not up in their pace or, 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 or coming up to his standard, uh, he reminds them that, that they need to do that. So yeah, what, what, uh, what an, what, what an introduction and what, what uh, an effect he's had on the team as well. But it's also his pace. I mean, going back to my first experience at St. James's Park, he's still the fastest player I've ever seen in my life alongside Ian Rush, which was Malcolm McDonald. You forget how fast these play players are. When you're up close and personal with them, they're like gazelles. Kieran Trippier. I mean, he had to, can he do the 100 metres in like 10.9? I mean, he's an extraordinary creature. He's like, I mean, he's, he's a full-blown athlete. What a yeah. sprinter. Up and down and doesn't stop. And I think that's, you know, as, as, as one gets older, 
things start slowing down. And I'm sure part of the injury is, is, is due to the commitment and as a result of the commitment that he's given the club of late, you know. But would you, have you any yeah. idea when, he, when he'll be back? I think what they've said, he's had his operation, it apparently went very well with the operation, but if he'll be back before the end of the season, I think it's going to be it's going to be 50-50. Right. I think you're looking maybe end of April, early May, there's a lot of uh, poss- a possibility maybe to be back for the last couple of games. But again, I think it's going to be, it depends if Newcastle are safe, I suppose. If Newcastle have got the points, they might just say, look, let's have an extended break and we'll see it pre-season. But if they might need a Kieran trip yeah. here for a couple of games, I'm sure they'll try their best yeah. to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, you, Sam. He's he's an absolute superstar and he just brings his experience uh, to the pitch and just instills confidence. Yeah, I, 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 I love him. I, I love him almost as well. No, it, it's a toss up between wife and kids and Trippier at the moment. It, 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 oh, it, it's like and, and, and not, not since, not since like a Yoan Kabai <laughs> has that been the case. My word, he's just as soon as he walked through the door, just standards increased, and you could tell yeah. everywhere across the club standards have just been lifted. And it, it's that was a big turning point for me. But, um, yeah, yeah. do you remember we, we just, just talked earlier that shorthand? That were when you'd watch Beardsley or Gascoigne and oh. Shearer. I mean, even I mean Terry Hibbert in nineteen seventy one always knew where John Tudor was. He did he, he yeah. his head was down. When Terry Hibbert crossed that ball, he very rarely looked up. He knew John was then gonna time his run, like Tom Brady throws the football for the Patriots. I mean, he knew the timing, they knew the players were gonna be there, and suddenly Trippier's brought that shorthand. Suddenly, we're harking back to those great days of, of theatre where, goodness, we are watching a team that is cohesive, that has an understanding of each other's movements and what each other's thinking and feeling. And therefore, you don't need to get the ball and go, what am I going to do with it? You're going to get the ball. I know what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to pass it to that person. And they're going to put it straight in the back of the net. <laughs> Can I ask you, Robson, who has been your favourite player that you've ever seen grace the St. James's Park to? It's 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 such a difficult question. It, well, obviously, the, with one of the main reasons I watch uh, Newcastle United is Malcolm McDonald and what he gave the club, like Amanda Stabley and her team is giving the club, like Kieran Trippier has given the club. But then I was privileged enough to watch Gascoigne at his best. Oh. Extraordinary, extraordinary player. Uh, creative, magical, astonishing at times. And still today, uh, the fans didn't like Gascoigne. They, they loved him. And we still love him. We, we love him. But my favourite player that encompasses everything that is good and noble and right about football is Alan Shearer. That man ran his soul into the ground, man, for that team. Uh, what a player and, and privileged enough to watch a type of player we may never see the likes of again. Uh, astonishing, love him. I mean, I wasn't there when he broke the record. I was filming a show. I was doing a thing called Wire in the Blood and I was on top of a the post office building, a telecom building in Newcastle. I was talking in the scene, I was talking to a guy to prevent him jumping off the building. <laughs> and I'm going through this speech and all of a sudden, midway on a take, there's just this wave of noise, of euphoria, of joy, of wonder and excitement. It's just in the air. And it just held there. It was like a, an aircraft going over and just staying there in that one place. And I just, uh, it stopped the take because the sound man goes, What's going on? What's going on? Are you hear that? <laughs> I went, I went, here has broke the record. He's broke the record. Because you know what it sounds like when there's a goal in Newcastle. But yeah. there was only that there was one particular type of roar that I've never heard since. And it was when Shearer broke the record. And I went, he's done it. And the same guy went, How do you know? How do you know he's done it? I went, You just know. You just know. And that's Newcastle. You knew he'd done it. Even if you weren't there, you knew what was going on in that pitch. And so that subliminal connection to the ground and the team and everything 
is everything you guys talk about all the time. It's the, it's the passion, is the love for that club and, and my love for that player who I thought and, and still is a, a credit to not only the club, but the area and everything that is good about the area and football. It, yeah, I couldn't have put it better. Um, is that why you've got your own production company now? So you can manage your workload around Newcastle games so you're not missing them kind of moments again? Oh, you know me too well. <laughs> 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 they go, they're going like this. So wait, some people work 11-day fortnights in, in the TV game, but no, five-day weeks for me and <clears throat> possible Wednesday evenings off as well. Uh, you know, as one gets older and one is privileged enough to have the means of production and and be able to employ people and, and do the jobs that I want to do and not hope a job comes to me. Uh, I've been going for 40 years. I, I want to do things that I love doing and making productions and producing productions is one and being in front of the lens is another, but watching my favorite team and my favorite subject to talk about is something that is incredibly important to me. It's, um, it's, 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 it's not a hobby going to watch Newcastle. That's like saying brain surgery is just a job. It's, 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 it's much more than that going to go, going to watch Newcastle. And, um, yeah, I, I, I will watch every game I possibly can, if, unless it's a night shoot. But no, Saturdays <laughs> are sacred. Saturdays are sacred in my life now. And just finally, Robson, what is the proudest moment of your career so far? Proudest moment of my career was actually uh, producing something in the northeast of England that was sold all over the world, but it was produced in the northeast, made by people from the northeast, and a real celebration. That is everything is everything that is good about the Northeast and employing really talented people here. That that was that was the proudest moment. Oh, all that hard work I was able to give people hope, which is what Newcastle are giving us now. So yeah, proudest moment. Employing people, giving people hope. Yeah. Hope. That is the that is the word, Sam, isn't it? Hope. That, that's a good answer. I was I was expecting like, oh, when I caught such and such a fish, broke the world <laughs> record for <laughs> no, you no. still hold the world record. Oh, for what? The hundred meters? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nine, <laughs> nine point, no, nine point two. <laughs> no, so uh, when I did the singing in nineteen ninety-five and six with Jerome Flynn, the act was called Robson and Jerome, and a particular song that we weren't meant to be in the charts that wasn't meant to be on top of the pops we actually filmed the song in the series years before that that's what happened it was wow. broadcast people wanted to buy the music it went to number one and it went into the guinness book of records yeah. for the fastest selling single in the history of british popular music outselling the beatles and the rolling stones combined <laughs> <laughs> combined that's I that, that. I mean, combined. that's just weird my mate Jim Murray, who I'm doing a fishing show with this year, uh, I didn't know, I knew of Jim at the time and, and his work, and he's a brilliant actor. He's playing Prince Andrew in The Crown at the minute. Wow, uh, that's a, that's, a, that's a whole other podcast. But uh, <laughs> the singing, and, and and he said, you know, when I was watching you and Jerome singing, he he said, I just looked at the TV and went, what's going on? <laughs> 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 what is going on anyway yeah so no uh and in terms of fishing i am only one of two people in the world to get uh what you call a shark grand slam which is you catch three uh, four species of shark in a 24-hour window and you tag and release that shark and give the marine the the data to marine biologists and i don't know if you know uh probably don't when you tag a shark uh, the shark is named after the person who oh. tagged it. So there is a thresher shark, a mako shark, a blue <laughs> shark, and uh, a hammerhead roaming around the uh, Pacific called Robson. Lovely stuff. I love that. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Robson, it has been an absolute pleasure. 
having you on the Green Room Show. Really, really, really enjoyed. It's one of my, it's been one of my best ones that I've that well, one of my favorite ones rather that me and Sam have done. So it's been an absolute pleasure and honestly, thank you so much for your time. Johnny, Sam, privilege, man. Honest, anytime. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Sam, where can everybody listen to this podcast? Every podcast app available. If you're watching it on YouTube, the link's in the description. And then uh, if you're on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five-star review. From myself, Jonathan Green with Sam and the legend that is Robson Green. We'll see you all very soon. Newcastle Fans TV.